0: When Peggy Riley was growing up in California in the 1970s, the news was full of stories about violent faiths and death cults. When she was five years old, Charles Manson was sentenced to life in prison for the murders committed by his family. She was in junior high during the Jonestown Massacre. The photos of Jim Jones' followers lying flat on the floor, all having drunk poison punch at his command, made a big impression on her. As an adult, she went on to write a novel about a woman and her two daughters who decide to flee a polygamous cult where the children have so far lived their whole lives. That book, Amity and Sorrow, also features a male cult leader who resembles Jim Jones or David Koresh, who led the Branch Davidian cult in Waco, Texas. Riley sees the book as about God, sex, and farming. She's also written about the history of cults in America for Publishers Weekly and is here to give us some background on the patterns we see around gender and cults. We called her up at her home in the UK. Hi Peggy. Hi. So you wrote in Publishers Weekly about how the history of American faith is filled with charismatic cult leaders, specifically men who are charismatic cult leaders. Can you tell us a little bit more about the history that you researched in working on your novel and why there's so many men who are cult leaders?
1: Yeah, it's always men, isn't it funny? Um, I was interested um, in these charismatic leaders and I I started thinking about why is it always men where are the women that's usually my question when I'm starting a book and uh, the answer of where are the women is uh, there aren't very many and certainly not in violent faiths and I think even stepping further back than that I was thinking about how do you come to a place in your faith where you think that you can speak for God and I wonder if it's something about being in a faith where you know you don't look like your God. You can't speak for your God because the things your God says about your sex as a woman um, would be hard to um, stand up for. So I was interested in um, these two daughters, Amity and Sorrow, and their responses to the faith of their father, and what would happen if one tried to be faithful, tried to be good in the faith and realize its uh, its limitations. So um, I wanted to see what it would feel like for, uh, for a girl to think, you know, I can, I can follow what my father is telling me to do, which is going to lead me in the direction of the Virgin Mary, or I can think, hang on a minute, you know, the guy who's playing God and the guy who's playing Jesus gets all the glory. Um, but as I say, there weren't very many. Um, there weren't very many examples.
0: So when you say there weren't very many examples, you mean there weren't very many examples of female cult leaders. But there's obviously women who are who are wrapped up in cults, or um, who the men have,
1: as the followers. And yeah. these um, cults, these utopian societies, are often polygamous. They're not always, but they're often polygamous. So uh, the gender is skewed uh, anyway. Um, particularly in the fundamentalist Mormon faith as an example, um, they uh, they need the ratio of women to men um, to be very off so that the men in power can have as many wives as possible and they um, they limit access of the young boys growing up to um, stay in the community. Um, I was kind of glancing back at the some of the research that I'd done about um, women in faith, and you know, there are women who are powerful in, in um, their own faiths, you know, the Shakers, obviously um, Mother Anne, um, Amy Simple McPherson, but they're not, they're not cults and they're not violent. So in these utopian faiths that are based on Christianity, Males and females are not viewed equally by the power structure or by the men in charge. So the women aren't um, empowered to be equals. Yeah, you
0: write also in this this Publishers Weekly article that you did about the history of cults. I really like this sentence that you have, so I'm just going to read it aloud. Um, you said, it is a uniquely American impulse, this desire to build utopia, the self-belief that it can be done and the ability to forget how the first Eden ended. It is our humanness, our jealousy and lust, our envy and greed that make our utopias fall every time. I think this is so interesting, thinking about cults as a sort of a manifestation of, of American ideals to the extreme
1: extent. There is something about um, this building of utopias that's um, uniquely American. Historically, it is the history of America. This our um, radical faiths and our splinter groups and our confidence in that we can build something and make it last. Um, it's it's only the Shakers who, you know, consistently remembered how Eden uh, fell and, the, and that um, Adam's flaw was sex. Um, but that, the worst way to build a cult is to, to decide to be celibate because you're, you're obviously not going to grow followers. Um, that was the real strength behind the early Mormon church is uh, they found a really clever way to create followers and to build their families uh, quickly. And if your faith is also composed of families, it's that much harder to pull them apart because your faith is also your blood. How do you stop believing in your own family?
0: Lots of the cults that we think about in American history are, are violent cults from the 1970s and from the 60s. And then it's also really worth pointing out that in the 1980s and early 90s, there was a big fear of, of cult-motivated violence. I think about um, actions that teenagers took, um, that were that parents and mainstream media saw as potentially being, you know, driven by a cult. When really they're just, you know, lashing out against society or wanting to listen to heavy metal.
1: I remember as a teenager this uh, the McMartin case and all these. Um, they they would they would find that kind of any suggestion of abuse would all of a sudden turn into this kind of satanic cult happening in nursery schools and basements and um, any this kind this sense that anything you couldn't remember as a child um, must mean that you were abused and then it would always have satanic overtones uh, we're, ter- we're we're still really afraid of the idea of the devil I suppose and it really kind of um, took over um, the popular imagination in the in the 80s I, I suppose I was less interested in that but I, I really do remember that that kind of um, period of of fear and there's there's something wrapped up maybe in our protestant roots where we're in that kind of pilgrim sense always looking for the devil
0: That was author Peggy Riley. Her novel about women escaping a cult is called Amity and Sorrow.